0: We forecast prices and fundamentals. Whether you're a trader, producer or consumer, you can hedge your bets with Montel's diverse forecasting portfolio.
1: Contact us at sales
0: at montelnews.com for more info and a free trial.
1: Listeners and welcome to the Montauk Weekly Podcast. Bring energy matters in an informal setting. In today's pod, we look ahead to Sunday's general election in Germany and what it could mean for the country's energy policy. Would a government that included the Green Party stop Nord Stream two? Could Germany's coal exit be speeded up? And who would roll out more renewables? So, joining me, Richard Swerison, to discuss these issues and much more, is Henning Gloystein from Eurasia Group. A-, a warm welcome to you, Henning. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be with you again, and this time I- in person. So we're very, very, very privileged. Very to have exciting. You here. If I could just start off, Henning, to say there are obviously three parties in the running here for the chancellorship and they're all polling around 20%. Is that is that right? So the latest poll I've seen is actually the SPD is now at around
0: 26%. Uh, but it's true then uh, you've got the CDU, CSU who are polling around um, 22% and then you have the Greens who are around 17, 18%. Uh, which is an, a remarkable uh, reversal of polling and of public opinion, because just six months ago, the uh, CDU was neck and neck with the Green Party and the, the SPDs, the, so the Social Democrats, were nowhere near close to, to being seen as uh, potentially winning these elections.
1: And what's the main reason for this turnaround? There's two big reasons that, have, um, that we
0: see is within the uh, Conservatives, the Christian Democrats, there was a, a race between um, Lashett, the current um, Chancellor candidate, and the Prime Minister of North Rhine-Westphalia and the CSU, Prime Minister of Bavaria. Within Germany and within the polls, Mr. Soto of Bavaria was much more popular, whereas within the Conservative Party, the CDU, Laschet was more popular. So they, they made a party decision rather than a, a poll decision, and that backfired. It was a very similar situation within the Green Party. On a national level, Baerbock's co-head of the Green Party, Habeck, is more popular whereas internally uh, Baerbock is more popular and they, so they went with an internal candidate which again backfired mm-hmm. whereas Schultz From the Social Democrats is fairly unpopular within the Social Democrats, but he's superbly popular within Germany. And that is basically what
1: what pushed him ahead. Amazing turnaround there. But it looks like there are many constellations that are possible here. Could you talk us through those? Because maybe the listeners aren't aware of, you know, for example, the traffic lights coalition or, or, or the Jamaica coalition. Are there others? Yeah, they've got
0: funky names, don't they? Mm. So the traffic light coalition uh, would be a leadership under Scholz, the Social Democrats, in coalition with the Green Party and the Liberal Democrats and uh, their party logo is yellow. Mm. That would be a fairly centrist government which would probably see a fair bit of continuation of politics, of current policies. The biggest problem there is that the Green Party and the Liberal Democrats really don't get on. They yeah. are, I wouldn't say in fundamental opposition to most things, but you know they're both centrist parties. Uh, but they, they really don't get on on many things. The, the, the Liberals want to lower taxes, the Greens want to raise them. The Liberals are very much against market interference, including in energy matters. And the Green Party, of course, wants to hike its uh, climate ambitions. So that would be an awkward internal coalition, but externally, they're they're all pro-European and uh, committed to climate change, for instance. Then if you have a left-leaning coalition, you could see the Social Democrats form a coalition with the Green Party and the Linkspartei, which are fairly straightforward to the left. Mm. That would be a break with consensus. It would be a break with usual German politics, the links party is Europe skeptic they're anti-nato um mm. they have a strong pro-Russia wing and um they're they're an old school leftist party I wouldn't call them a radical party anymore um mm. but that would be a break with with Germany's modest and moderate traditions in politics and uh, would see a fair bit of uncertainty mm. and so those are the the big uh, leadership or uh, the most likely outcomes at the moment if the conservatives under Lashett turn this around and win the uh, elections that would be a very continuous politics. Laschet is very much like Merkel in a, I would say, slightly less inspiring mm. <laughs> version, and but uh, a continuation of what, what everything she did. Of course, they would probably have to go into a coalition with the Green Party, which would mean some compromises on climate politics, definitely.
1: And she came out, Merkel came out and en- endorsed him quite recently, which is she the did. first time <laughs> she actually did so. Yeah. Yes, I quite, think she uh, felt the urge to save uh, the ship from sinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Which of these outcomes and constellations are, are more likely, Henning?
0: That is a tough call at the moment. Uh, we talked, I uh, just this morning, talked to our regional um, analysts so we currently officially still have the CDU as winning the election although they're slightly behind the polls but that is is the sort of 5% turnaround that um, polls see in Germany that the leading um, or the governing party at the last day still gains a few percentage points. Mm-hmm. My gut feeling actually says though I think Scholz will win it uh, mm-hmm. so the social democrats so the current vice chancellor will become chancellor and the conservatives have to go into opposition for the first time in decades. Mm. <laughs> so I think the most likely outcome is the ample coalition. So Mm. the um, Social Democrats leading a coalition with the Greens and the Liberal Democrats. The traffic
1: light one. Exactly. exactly.
0: And slightly behind that, the left-wing coalition. So red, red, green. Mm. But that would cause quite a strong public backlash because while they might have the figures, the numbers to form a government, it is not a very popular choice in the German public.
1: So do you think the SPD would prefer to go in with the FPD and the Greens or with the left and the Greens? I mean, what do you think? What's the feeling within the Social Democrats there?
0: That's the the tricky part. So mm-hmm. Schultz definitely prefers a moderate coalition with the Greens and the Liberal Democrats. He's of the centrist liberal wing within the SPD. Mm. But a significant number and share of the SPD is left leaning and would certainly prefer a swing to the more traditional uh, uh, leftist form of politics so that's that's a debate an internal debate that uh, would probably break out into the open if Schultz actually wins the election Mm. and very hard to say who will win that but my gut feeling is it would be a coalition with the Greens and the Liberals
1: but it's certainly going to be many weeks after the election and this is going to roll and roll really until you find you know actually the horse trading the bargaining the negotiations sitting around the table ironing out these differences and what's going to happen so we can when do you expect a government to be in place could be Months. Yeah. I mean, last time it
0: took months, uh, so it could be Christmas, could be yeah. in the 2022, mm. which is awkward because, of course, you've got COP coming that um, in November, the global climate talks, and if the EU doesn't have Germany on the table, that uh, becomes a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. Although some people say that France is actually hoping that exactly that happens because it would put the leadership firmly to Paris rather mm. than to Berlin. So that's uh, who knows, but it could take months. The Liberals want to play a strong role. The Green Party don't want to back down, back off. Mm. So and they have very opposing ideas. And then, of course, the Party, the left
1: party, uh, might also have a word to say. Throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. Yeah. But Henning, before we go on to what this could mean for energy policy in Germany, which is, of course, you know, Europe's biggest energy market, and what, what happens in Germany has a, is of a vital importance to not only its neighbours, but also countries beyond Europe. But there's the early support for the non-major parties. Do you think that will fade as the election comes close, as we come close to, you know, as, as people go to the polls on, on the Sunday morning and they maybe go back to, to the C- SPD or to the CDU or CSU? So uh, th- that is what our regional analysts currently accept expect is that there will be a very
0: late jump for the Conservatives mm. um, because they're in power, people are used to them, uh, people know that Lashett is very much like Merkel. Mm. He has had a decent run governing Germany's biggest state, North Rhine's failure. Mm. So uh, he might receive a jump, but that's, that is why our regional analysts actually still favor him over Soda, uh, Schultz. Sorry. Then again, of course, Schultz is is the Vice-Chancellor. Everyone knows him. He's very well respected. So I, I think he could um, gain even more as well. Whereas a, there's a significant chance that the Green Party still lose a couple of percentage points. And then, of course, if you look to the smaller parties, the Links Partei has a slight risk of falling below 5%. Mm. Um, they're currently at six or seven. So, I mean, that's not outside the impossible. And then the, whereas the Liberals, they look fairly stable around 11, 12%. I'd be quite surprised if they jumped to 15, suddenly they've never done that. There's just not a vote of bait for that <laughs> many Liberal Democrats in Germany.
1: But in terms of energy policy, and you said if, you know, if there was a continuation with the, with the CDU, with Lashley and Power, uh, that would see current policies, a, a continuation of that. But what if you had a more of a left-wing constellation, would that result in a bigger shake-up for energy policy? And in which direction do you think that would go? Yeah, I actually think in energy and climate policies, that's one
0: of the biggest Potentials for change happening soon because if it lets if we start on the left if it was red red green that would almost certainly result in a in a much more ambitious climate policy action from Berlin. You mentioned earlier maybe they would pull forward uh, the twenty thirty eight coal phase out, which is I mean twenty thirty eight it's it's a bit silly, especially if you look at carbon prices. The coal exit in Germany will be much earlier, whatever the law is, mm. because of the carbon price. But um, the, the I mean, the Greens will push aggressively for a much earlier exit. The Links Partei is very much in favor of Nord Stream 2. Um, okay, because
1: uh, of the, the Russian wing in the party. Indeed. Yeah, the pro-Russian, yeah.
0: And, and of course, Nord Stream 2 is a bit of an SPD project. It's a Schroeder thing.
1: The uh, former Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: So a, a left-leaning coalition would almost certainly see Nord Stream 2 be put in place quite fast. The traffic light coalition would, I suspect also see Nord Stream 2 happening. The Greens would try and sort of bulldoze over the the Liberals who want to phase out subsidies in renewables. Mm -hmm. They would probably try and keep them. But that would be the coalition riding of that, like I said, um, of that Mm -hmm. government would be complicated. Whereas if it was Conservatives and the Green Party, so under Lashett and with the Green Party and maybe the Liberal Democrats, I think you would see pretty much a continuation of now. Again, maybe with an acceleration because the Green Party in government must do something on climate. It's Mm. a deal breaker if they don't. Mm. So speed limit, I I suspect will happen in any way, which is irrelevant for the world, but for Germany, it's very relevant. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I do expect the coal phase out to be accelerated.
1: And how about the rollout of renewables? Is there much space in Germany for more, for more wind farms and, and, and solar farms? And who would take on that policy?
0: And they all have to do something. Germany's last six nuclear reactors are going off next year. That's part of the reason why the power prices are so high in Germany. You know, it's literally not tomorrow, but it's next year, it's a few months from now. Mm. And uh, that is also why Nord Stream 2 has a certain role to play. But in the long term, I mean, we we published a note on this recently. If you look at the fossil fuel prices and the carbon price, the signal is very clear. You need to invest into renewables and storage solutions in Germany, like now. Mm. There is space for it, yes, um, and there's a need for it. The positive news is that there is a lot of, especially offshore wind capacity being built right now. The Global Wind Energy Council put out their report yesterday, there's a big development pipeline there. And crucially, although this, this is never mentioned in the election campaigns, but it's because there's consensus, is the hydrogen strategy. The left party, the social democrats, the green party, the conservatives and the liberals all agree that mm. clean hydrogen, especially green hydrogen, must form part of the industrial policy of Germany in the next 20 years. So that's unshakable, I
1: think. Mm. So we're recording this a little bit ahead of the election. So when you say the Global Wind Council, they put this out in, in early September. Indeed, yes. yeah. yeah. I'm just just wondering here about the greens, you know, like in the summer there was a lot of talk about, you know, alarm bells ringing about Nord Stream 2, if you got beerbuck in as chancellor, she would shoot put a stop to it, she would she would cut that. Do you think is there a chance of that happening? It's a low chance because mm. I mean, you see all the
0: headlines at the moment that the pipelines finished or about to be literally the last screw being tied to it. So it would be a real political almost scandal if that never gets put into operations. It's a, a massive white elephant under the ocean, if mm. that happens. And, and like I say, it, it is whether one likes it or not, and whether it was a mistake or not to even build it in the first place and not build something different, but the gas in the short term is needed. So uh, I don't think it will be totally stalled, but you can do naughty little things like put a, an environmental review on it. Uh, if mm. the Green government comes in and they want to cause some problems and see that they're doing something against gas, mm. they could say that we need to do a last environmental review of uh, gas pipelines and methane emissions, and you know, and they mm. take a terribly long time in Germany. Those those reviews, and <laughs> so if they
1: really want to try and do that, they, I think they could delay it by several years. Yeah, these um, things don't happen overnight. These no, kind of especially not in processes. Germany. <laughs> no, you have a lot of T's to cross and, yeah. and eyes over the um, dots over the eyes. But what do you think, do you expect a more ambitious climate policy under a coalition with the CDU, CSU and the FDP? Would they even sort of have more ambitious policies? I think if if Lashett wins and the
0: Green Party is a strong coalition member with them, that would be a CA an acceleration of climate policies because uh, the Green Party would insist that the coal phase out be pulled forward, probably a, a internal combustion engine ban be announced. I mean, Germany has an informal one in place and all the car makers have announced that They'll stop making these, but the Greens would want that in. I mentioned the speed limit and uh, probably an extension in some form of renewable subsidies. Whereas the Liberals, they want to get rid of them as fast as possible because Mm. they say we don't need them anymore. The SPD has turned very pro-climate as well. And I mean, the SPD and the Green Party together, that would also form a strong climate push in Germany. Mm -hmm. So actually that means that the outcome is probably we'll see an acceleration of climate policies in Germany because the conservatives would have to do that as a Mm -hmm. concession to the Green Party. And the SPD wants to do it together with the Green Party. And Mm. the FDP would have to just swallow that pill and say,
1: well, if we get the finance ministry in return, we'll be Mm. silent and tolerate this. Yeah, (laughs) We'll return to that in a minute. But what does that mean in concrete terms on the ground? Does it mean like you tighten the emissions targets for 2030, for example, that you actually, you know, like you say, high carbon prices maybe mean the end for these these coal plants anyway. But maybe you accelerate that or, or, or review that target. Those are sort of more concrete terms. Do you expect those to happen? Yes. So, I mean, the EU ETS is under review in Brussels anyway um, Mm. on on how to go
0: forward. So I'd suspect the new German government will support a tightening of the carbon scheme, in particular, reducing the amount of remaining free allowances, taking Mm. those out of the system much faster. And that would, of course, increase the carbon price pretty much immediately. Mm. In fact, I talked to a couple of um, utilities and industrials in Germany in early September, Mm. and they were all saying that they have an internal carbon price price now of around 90 to 100 euros per ton for 2025 and 150 plus for 2030. And that is what they measure their investments against. Okay. And that is why I meant coal will be out of the system before 2038. Natural gas looks really challenged in that environment as well. You can probably keep a few of them as peakers to, Mm. you know, expensive peak hours like now, probably. Mm. But you don't build a natural gas-fired power station that operates a couple of days a year that's that's not a good investment case so um it's and this is the case for the clean energy and storage investment that Mm. means invest into green hydrogen you'll get subsidies for it uh, Mm. and do it fast and offshore wind probably has a good chance and so yeah the concrete measures tightening the the carbon trading scheme is probably the most Mm. immediate one and it has support the french support the idea The Benelux do I think uh, Spain does I think the only ones who really oppose it is Poland but um they they I don't think stand a good chance on, because of the majority
1: exactly then, of, of scuppering the, yeah. this kind of tightening of the ETS you know Germany's establishment is a big fan of the Schwarze Null um, you know which is mm. a balanced federal budget a black zero if you like so an FDB you know we talked about if they get the finance ministry so they could be expected to advocate this and even the SPD's schultz has enjoyed being sort of identified with that but is that incompatible with what you're talking here about like you know the rollout of renewables the, the investments needed in storage in green hydrogen infrastructure all this is that can they coexist if you like tricky uh it's a good point
0: to raise because so the spd would probably not be married to that schwarze null um for much longer Scholz might be but that's what i meant he's not very popular within his own party hmm. the the left-leaning segments of the spd has doesn't want anything to do with it neither do the green party no, the links party the left party has no desire in that dire- direction. So as you say, it's only the Liberals. So if they get into government, they might try and get a concession from the Green Party and the, the Social Democrats to make an effort towards it. But I am quite certain the, the the ambition to keep that black zero in place would go out the window under an SPD chancellery. Only with Laschet and the CDU in government would, does it stand any chance. And even then, it looks a little bit shaky because of the Green Party that will be in government. Mm. So the only chance of having that anywhere near in place is if the Liberal Democrats are in the government and they look like they'd be the, well, almost certainly be the weakest link in a coalition. Mm. So they could try and enforce some discipline, but not on a major scale. And interestingly, of course, that would also mean that Germany exerts less pressure on other EU um, countries to to keep their budgets under control. So um, I actually suspect in many corridors of power in the, the rest of the EU, people are hoping for social democrat government mm. uh, macron seems to be much in favor of um
1: of uh, schultz because then they can sort of unleash their spending plans yes. and, which is kind of needed in this in, you know in the recovery post covid and also the green transition yeah i mean it costs mm. a lot of money
0: and the economy is broken and uh, the green transition costs money like you say it's <laughs> we, we're not going to get around spending and that probably means uh, to reap uh, taxes
1: mm. up somewhere in some areas again liberals won't like that at all but mm. um uh, it probably will happen. You mentioned gas and gas fire plants. What's the role of, even if, as happens, you know, Nord Stream 2 comes online? We can talk a little bit more about that later. But what, what's, what's the role of gas within Germany now from the perspective of the next German government? I think it's involuntarily
0: invol- important. Mm. Uh, nobody really wants to mm. because the, you know, the European Development Bank, the European Commission says natural gas plays no long-term role in Europe. But uh, mm. because Germany's in a given, its energy transition has been so lopsided, in favor of renewables and coal um, <laughs> uh, that they they need to do something now that, and the nuclear exit. that there is a need in the next couple of years for natural gas in germany whether mm. one likes it or not doesn't really matter it's it, the need is there mm. britain interestingly uh, has had a much more success in this area i mean 10 years ago britain's and germany's coal-fired generation was the same And Mm. now Britain has almost zero left, and Germany is is still quite significant. Mm. So um, I know a lot of Germans are very proud of the German energy transition, but um, it's gone wrong in some areas, and Mm. gas has a role to play there. It also, of course, because of the pipeline system, has some role to play in the transition towards clean hydrogen. Uh, And even Nord Stream 2, if you talk to Gazprom, they'll very politely tell you that um, Nord Stream 2 could carry quite a lot of hydrogen if if you want to. Mm. But then that, of course, turns to blue hydrogen, which is much less popular, and there's some serious doubts that the Russians have the capacity to actually create Mm. clean hydrogen from their natural gas fields.
1: If I can pin you down on Nord Stream 2, honey. Do you expect it to be online this year? So I think they'll put gas into it this
0: year, but whether it'll be delivered to customers, I doubt it because the regulatory approval process is mm. uh, so sticky. And this year is not that long anymore. I mean, it's um, only talking for a couple of months. Mm. Uh, so no, I doubt it. I think it won't come, uh, become commercially operational, uh, operational this year. I think it'll be 2022. That said, if there's a serious energy crisis this winter, and there are some people who look at it, look at the gas storage, uh, it looks terrible. Mm. And if it gets very, very cold, and then there's some outage somewhere else, and the Russians play the game well and um, say, sorry, Ukraine, you can't do that, then Nord Stream 2 might need to be fast-tracked, of course. Mm. I mean, it's, it's pro- probably easier than, I don't know, delaying a nuclear exit. Mm. Um, that, that is very unpopular in Germany. So, mm. And if you need the gas over
1: outages, I mean, you, you'll you'll take the gas, even if it's from Russia. And you think that's a possibility that there is, there's an opening that it could be fast track if you hit that crisis point. If it's very cold uh, in December, January, lack of LNG and outages on, on, the, on the power side, no wind, for example, the, uh, yeah. our old friend, the Dunkelflaute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, Exactly. It's yeah. dark
0: and it's not windy and yeah. it's bloody cold. Mm. Um, and uh, the Chinese are buying LNG like there's no tomorrow because their gasification is ongoing. Mm. And the uh, Asian spot energy price suddenly is $40 per minute. BTU, then, yeah, I think there is a chance. I don't think it's a high one because nobody wants it that early. No one wants to fast track it. The Americans would go berserk over it. But if it's that or outages, it's going to be Nord Stream 2. Mm. And it's ready. I mean, it's so the Russians say we could put the gas in next week. Mm. Maybe not next week, but I mean, by October, I think they're
1: saying. Mm. So, um, there is a chance, yes. It's more likely that it will be fast tracked, that Nord Stream 2 be fast tracked, than you'll switch on the nuclear plants again. Much more likely. Yeah, we, I actually think switching
0: on old nuclear power plants is an impossibility because mm. you need to safety in, in inspections and the regulation is so tight around it. And it's unpopular. I mean, Nord Stream 2 fast track would be unpopular as well. But it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting point to raise because it's, nobody wants to discuss it, but it is the option to solve a problem in a really cold winter supply mm. crunch. And Russia knows that. And mm. we suspect that's what they're playing at. Okay, interesting.
1: Another issue, and which is related to, to sort of these regulatory factors, Henning, is the slow process of the permitting processes for big high-voltage transmission lines, which to transport all the renewable energy to the area where, where they need it in Germany, which is generally from north to south. Do you see that could be accelerated or that the government can put in sort of fast-track processes there? Tricky, because mm. you need to uh, you need to
0: work with local governments and local populations who don't not. This is the German NIMBY problem. Nobody wants power lines in their backyard, mm. uh, the big ones, and uh, putting them underground is even more challenging. So I think that would be um, almost impossible to fast track that really fast. I mean, one thing that doesn't get discussed a lot is, is Germany's geographical advantage of having nine land borders and having two hydro reserves accessible from the north and from the south. Germany could just suck in from all their neighbours and export their problem <laughs> uh, not mm. very popular but that is yeah. I mean that's yeah. what the European market was designed for and, so, and they've got a lot of interconnectors so in, they could start importing electricity from France from the Alps from Nordics mm. From mm. everywhere and then price there goes up <laughs>
1: yeah exactly the price goes up everywhere so yeah. I think we're, we're, we're in for some, some quite interesting times going forward in, in the months uh, until a, a new German uh, government is formed and I think as you've highlighted here very well, Henning. The ramifications for, for energy policy, not just within Germany, but uh, Europe are huge. So thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly podcast today, Henning. And uh, we look forward to having you on again. Great. Thanks, Richard. Thanks. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message any suggestions, questions, or you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.